0: This is the InFocus Podcast from The Hindu. Hello and welcome to another edition of the InFocus Podcast. I am your host, G. Sampal. As per an announcement on Monday, mortgage lender HDFC Limited is all set to merge with HDFC Bank. Under the terms of the deal, which is one of the biggest in the Indian financial sector, HDFC Bank will be 100% owned by public shareholders, while existing shareholders of HDFC Limited will own 41% stake in HDFC Bank. The news immediately led to a sharp spike in the share prices of both the companies. So what exactly is the financial rationale for this merger? We know that more often than not, when there is a merger between two established companies it often turns out that one of them is under some kind of stress or stasis. Is that the case here? And if that is not the case, how do either of these companies benefit from this deal? And given that this merger between two is between two different kinds of companies, one is a retail bank and the other is a non banking financial company, are there any risks here that shareholders need to worry about? We look for some answers to these questions from Suresh Seshadri, the Hindu's business editor. Suresh, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Sampath. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So to start with, can you give us a quick overview of the terms of this agreement between the two entities? Like what happens to the existing customers, shareholders, employees, etc.? Who gets what?
1: Yeah, okay. So to start with, like you had outlined uh, yesterday, the boards of both these, I mean, it was announced by both the companies that their boards had approved a decision to merge. Obviously, the decision to merge is taken at the board level, but then subsequently it has to go through a series of regulatory approvals uh, and also it has to get approval from the shareholders of both the companies. Uh, At this moment, what has been announced by them is that there's there's something called it's an uh, all-share, all-stock deal, uh, so there's no cash transaction involved. And the terms of the share swap are such that Uh, shareholders of HDFC Limited, that's the mortgage lender, will receive 42 shares of HDFC Bank. For 25 shares, they hold in HDFC Limited. So if you are a shareholder in HDFC Limited, and you, for every 25 shares that you own in the mortgage lender, you will get 42 shares of the bank. And uh, the bank is the thing which will exist post-merger. So there will no longer post-merger be a separate mortgage lender it will get folded into the bank. Now, so essentially the bank, which is the offspring of HDFC Limited, which is the older legacy entity, uh, is the one which is making the acquisition, which is acquiring the mortgage lender. And with its acquisition of the mortgage lender, it's also acquiring all its subsidiaries, which includes a general insurance company, a life insurance company, and an asset management company.
0: So, you're saying that basically HDFC Limited is the parent company, the original company and HDFC Bank was a subsidiary of it originally.
1: Yeah, I mean, the fact is that HDFC Bank was set up by HDFC. Uh, yes, so that's correct.
0: And you're saying by subsidiaries uh, in the insurance, etc. You mean uh, HDFC, ergo, for example, it will be absorbed into HDFC Bank?
1: Yes, so every single entity which if you see HDFC Limited has when it publishes consolidated results. it Publishes results of its general insurance company, HDFC Ergo and HDFC. I think what, I forget which is the life and which is the general, but it has both a life insurer and a general insurance company in which uh, it has JVs with, uh, on both fronts. So both of them are part of HDFC Limited. So while acquiring HDFC Limited, uh, the bank will be also acquiring the subsidiaries of HDFC Limited. So it would acquire, it it would acquire stakes in both the life insurance company and the general insurance company, and also HDFC Asset Management, which is also a large uh, entity. So you are asking me about what happens to existing customers, shareholders, employees, etc. So the shareholders, as far as shareholders is concerned, are giving you the share swap ratio. So once again, reiterating, 25 shares of HDFC Limited that you own will fetch you 42 shares of the bank. Uh, that's as far as the shareholders are concerned. As far as... Uh, Customers are concerned. Customers will remain customers of both the entities. Uh, HDLC limited customers will become the bank's customers as well. They'll become, you know, home loan customers of the bank. That's, of course, post-merger. And uh, employees, HDFC is planning to absorb and retain all the employees as they are because obviously they bring with them. Neither of them have really been very heavy on their employee numbers So, they've been fairly conservative in their uh, employee sizes. So, there is really no big issue in that sense that it's as if that, you know, you have too many employees in one part of the business and you need to cut some fat, you know, to use a typical corporate jargon or capitalist jargon. So, at the moment, based on whatever announcements and the you know speech which Deepak Deepak Parekh had a press conference yesterday, all of them, the entire, uh, you know, top management of the bank and the Mortgage Lender had a press conference yesterday where they laid out some of the uh, parameters of the merger. And uh, Mr. Parekh very specifically said that the employees of HTLC Limited will become part of the bank, uh, will get absorbed into that. So that's as far as the people are concerned.
0: Right. So again, going back uh, to the official statements from the two companies, uh, in terms of what they've said to justify the deal, they're saying that, and uh, now that they're going to be a much bigger, uh, singular entity, uh, with a larger capital base and a bigger balance sheet and this gives them greater scope for, uh, you know, giving or big, big ticket loans and for cross-selling and so on. So is this all there is to it and how, uh, how really, uh, valid or, you uh, know, is it, is, is the benefit that they are saying, is it worth, uh, going through this vast exercise which is going to take about 18 months or so?
1: Uh, Yeah, so every merger, any merger and every merger always when it involves two entities and uh, when it goes through regulatory approvals and so on, it does take a certain amount of time. So the the period of time for the merger is only a function of the regulatory requirements and the fact that you have to ensure that all the books are, you know, sort of uh, mapped onto each other and uh, there would be legacy systems, IT integration and so on. But I think again, because both these two entities are from, you know, are of the same house or same group, if I could put it that way, I don't think it could be too much of a challenge for them. There's no major cultural clash. Like, you know, if you're acquiring a firm which is, uh, you know, coming from a very different geography or with a very different, uh, cultural approach. I mean, if I'm just giving a very random, if a Tata group company were to merge with a Birla group company, they may have very different uh, operating cultures, and then when you try to merge these two entities, there would be challenges for the management as to how to ensure that operationally these mergers, uh, you know, the merged entities can function smoothly without clashes in terms of culture. So here, because both HDFC Limited and HDFC Bank have largely had a fairly conservative lending culture, both reasonably customer-friendly, customer-centric. Culturally, there wouldn't be a big challenge. So the Integration part of it would only really be a matter of uh you know formal structures and and ensuring that everything is seamless and smooth, getting the books uh mapped onto each other the i t systems uh merged with each other, and so on and so forth uh from a perspective of the rationale for the merger uh yesterday Mr Parekh said a few things, one of which was that in recent years the evolution of the regulatory framework for the n b f c industry has been uh, gradually moving. Closer to uh, harmonise with the banking sector's regulatory framework. So, uh, because earlier NBFCs had a fairly different and a far more loose uh, sort of uh, framework for uh, their part of their uh, you know, their lending and their deposit taking and so on, and that had led to issues in the NBFC industry, industry where some NBFCs had struggled and you know had gone under or had to be taken over by others and so on. So, basically, the RBI has uh, over the years been tightening the regulatory uh, structures for the NBFC industry and uh, actually you know Mr. Parekh specified that the, right now the regulatory environment has been harmonized to the point where it makes great sense and, and RBI is also pretty happy if you're a large NBFC with the sort of size that say HDFC has it makes more sense for it to be merged with the bank because uh, the banks are the ones which are much more tightly regulated and far more this greater oversight from the RBI's perspective over banks, and uh, so because there's Basel three norms for capital adequacy, the NPA uh, you know book is very closely monitored. So uh, I think from even from a regulatory perspective, the RBI is unlikely to be unhappy to see this merger go through because.
0: Uh, Suresh, so, uh, for what you're saying, see, it makes sense, as you say, for the RBI to sort of welcome it probably because, uh, it wants NBFs to be t- tightly regulated and if you're part of a bank, you will be better regulated because you are not part of a bank. But I'm not sure that, uh, HDFC bank has any particular interest in ensuring uh, that its own NBFC is better regulated, right? That's not really something that would be, uh, on their top of mind. Unlike whose job is to regulate, right? Yeah,
1: so, uh, I mean, I was just coming to answer the different parts of your question. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad you asked this question. So, from the perspective of the two entities itself, HDFC Bank and HDFC Limited, what are the benefits? HDFC Limited, the mortgage lender, gets access to CASA funds. I mean, you know, the current account savings account funds, which a bank has. And CASA funds uh, are lower cost funds. So from a fund perspective, capital cost perspective, for the mortgage lender, the capital cost will come down. And as the capital cost comes down, automatically its ability to lend at a finer rate, you know, for instance, an affordable housing segment, you want to be able to lend to a person who's buying his or her first home at as low an interest rate as possible so that they can afford to pay the principal and, you know, finance the mortgage. For a period of say twenty years or twenty five years or
0: how long? So right now, when say uh, a, a home loan customer goes to a bank and says, uh, you know, uh, or say to HDFC and says, "Can you please lower the interest rate on the loan?" They say, "No, no, no. It's linked to the RBI rate, prime lending rate, or whatever." Now, with this uh, merger, will they now be able to give a better rate for a home loan
1: customer? Yeah, theoretically, it's certainly going to be possible. That it's it's more than uh, being linked to the RBI rate. It's a question of Ultimately, for any lender, his lending rate is a function of his borrowing rate. And when I say borrowing rate, the cost at which he acquires funds, whether it is from the market or whether he, I mean, where, wherever, however he acquires the funds. So, for instance, housing finance companies have, uh, one source of funds is the National Housing Bank, uh, which is the NHB, which is a, you know, sort of government run entity. So they get fairly subsidized uh, funds from that. But the only thing is the NHB funds come with riders attached, with caveats attached as to whom you can on So the ticket size of the borrower is restricted and so on and so forth. Deposit-taking part of it for HDFCs, uh, for the housing finance companies, has been sort of regulated. Uh, but they they typically take funds at a slightly higher cost as opposed to a bank because in a bank, the current account, savings account, savings which are there are at a much lower interest rate for the uh, depositors than what a housing finance company uh, pays on to its depositors as an interest rate. So the cost of funds, once it comes down, your because essentially banking or any lending business is essentially a arbitrage business where you the funds you receive you charge a little more when you uh, lend. So it's that. You know, little uh, differential that is what is your interest margin, net interest margin or your profitability. You also obviously deploy some funds in treasury operations and this is what's called non fund income and so on. But anyway, the long and short of it is for the HDFC, they access CASA funds. And then as yesterday Mr. Parekh again said, you know, one of the things is for the bank, you can now tap every home loan customer can be, can become a bank customer. So you can say, why do you want to have an account elsewhere have it with us uh, and if you have it with us then we can give you things like an overdraft you know we can give you small facilities which would enable you to keep the transactions both sides of the transactions smooth in both sides of the transaction so for instance if i am a msme entrepreneur or you know small-scale businessman uh, i also have a home loan and i'm trying to juggle you know the payout and the pain on all of this uh, because the home loan company and the bank are one and the same, the the bank has visibility on what's happening with his, uh, you know, his business operations, and also has visibility with his home loan, and you know everything is under one roof. Everything is under the same under the same hood of the car or you know the computer. My dashboard quickly tells me what's happening with this man's finances, and I can give him uh, offer him an overdraft or offer him some other product to quickly help him meet a shortfall in some uh, part of his listing, and you know, defray his, this thing. So it, it, the cross-selling aspect that, uh, the CEO Sashi Jagadishan of, uh, you know, the bank spoke about, that, that's something which comes into play. So, like I said, for every lender of any kind, the ability to sell products which, you know, meet different financial needs is something which is an automatically an opportunity for them to make some money. Wow. So the bank benefits and HDFC benefits, this is as far as the theoretical concept is concerned. Uh, the other question you asked was what is the, you know, was there any pressure or immediate requirement for them to do this? Yes, the competitive landscape has become, you know, th- there has been an increase in competition, say from 30 years ago when HDFC Limited was almost a near, mon- I won't say a monopoly, but was one among a handful of housing finance entities. So now the number of people, you know, providing loans to for housing has gone up substantially, and uh, of course the larger ones are LIC Housing Finance, uh, then your PNB Housing, Bank of Baroda Housing, uh, SBI also has a housing uh, business. So uh, banks have also been lending through subsidiaries. Canfin Homes is Canada Bank's, uh, you know, housing finance uh, subsidiary. So in a sense, for HDFC, it makes sense that HDFC and HDFC Bank are under the same roof because. If you are lending from a banking perspective, it makes it easier for you to, your cost of funds comes down, your balance sheet size grows. So when you are raising capital, your cost of capital also comes down. So Just the increase in the balance sheet is so substantial now that they can raise up to about, back of the envelope calculation, someone was saying yesterday about, I think it's about 37 lakh crores as of September combined assets. But the profitability number, I don't remember it exactly. I think it was 30... 30 lakh crores or so for uh, anyway, it's about six times the profit that you can raise in an annual uh, context as borrowings. So it's a fairly large number about uh, 3.6 lakh crores or so you can raise uh, from the markets for at a lower cost. So that's again another advantage for both of them.
0: Right. Sort of uh, to get to the uh, gist of uh, all these various uh, pointers you've given uh, so so I think so fundamentally for hdfc bank it's about getting access to a large base of customers for cross selling purposes and for hdfc limited it's primarily about a lower cost of uh, capital so i think these are i think the, the most standout benefit but again going back to what you said earlier about uh, the ndfc scenario and how the RBA has been tightening norms uh, for regulation of nbfcs especially i think they have also changed how you can categorize NPA's and, and and now it's it's much stricter than before. And we know that there was a lot of pressure uh, in terms of borrowers, you know, being able to repay during the pandemic. We had a moratorium on repayment for some time on EMIs. So uh, so that seems to be the case that is were under a lot of pressure. There were uh, defaults by customers. There was a spike in NPA's. So uh, does this? Uh, do you think this this aspect could have had anything to do? with the merger because the larger balance sheet might also help in terms of your NPA situation and ratios and so on.
1: Well, as far as HDLC is concerned, based on what they seem to have said in February when they announced the results for their December quarter, they, as of December 31st, 2021, loans restructured under RBI's resolution framework for COVID-19 related stress was equivalent to 1.34% of the loan book. Of the loans restructured, 64% are individual loans and 36%. So, um, and of the total restructured loans, 34% is in respect of just one account. So clearly, I don't think it was a major pressure point for someone like HDFC, because partly HDFC and uh, the bank have been very conservative lenders. They, unlike say some other uh, some of the other competitors for HDFC bank, uh, they have always shied away from lending. Uh, big ticket to corporates. They don't lend much to corporates. Most of their lending is to retail borrowers, and uh, so uh, a larger portion of their book is the retail lending book. So, uh, in the case of HDFC, again, home loans, yes, there might have been some pressure during the pandemic, but uh, based on what they have disclosed so far, I, I don't see that as a major pressure point that it sort of was it pushing them was, uh, was it fear or sort of anxiety or uh, this thing about NPA suddenly shooting up and becoming, uh, won't say unmanageable, but reaching a point where it could have caused some pressure to their financials and therefore merging with the banks sort of helps alleviate that pressure. I don't think in the instant case of these two entities, it has been a major driving factor. But yes, I mean, overall, if you become, if your financials are becoming stronger and they get bolstered by each other's uh, books, then it can't hurt you at all,
0: right? So one of the things you said just now uh, about these two entities is that they don't really uh, lend uh, so much to corporates. Uh, but now uh, in their announcement uh, release, they have also said that the merged entity uh, will be able to give out large-ticket uh, size loans, and especially uh, they mentioned infrastructure loans. Now, infrastructure lending uh, is a is a new domain altogether. It's very different from housing. Uh, or retail lending, you know, credit cards and personal loans and so on. And they call for a different set of competencies as well. So, do we have here a scenario where, uh, you know, one is a retail bank, other is a mortgage lender, and together they go to now go after uh, infrastructure, loan, business? Is that a, uh, How do you view this development?
1: That's a very, very good and germane question, Samfad, because essentially what you've said is, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Infrastructure lending has been a serious problem in India for now last 30, 40 years, especially after the development finance institutions sort of became banks. Uh, We know how IDBI was originally a development finance institution. We know ICICI was originally a DFI. They've all become banks. And now there is talk of the recent budget. There was talk of setting up a development finance institutions and so on. So basically infrastructure lending, is a very different animal because the asset liability match, the profile of uh, ALM for infrastructure lending has to be much longer duration and you need to have things like mezzanine financing and so on. So, if you remember about uh, almost uh, 15, 20 years ago, IDFC was set up, Infrastructure Development Finance Corporation was set up with a lot of ambition and a lot of drive and plans to create this, you know, infrastructure lender, but it ultimately also became a bank. Uh, and yes, infrastructure financing is an area which has been a problematic area in the last, say, twenty five thirty years for a variety of reasons and sectoral challenges, you know, global uh, contagion impacting uh, some sectors more than others. Uh, and yeah, I mean, and also uh, probably uh, heard lending to sectors which were probably not done where, you know, uh, borrowers were not necessarily the most uh, honest or fair with their. The way they borrowed, it was probably too much of lending to a uh, very single uh, sector, like for instance, power projects. Then you know your toll roads. Uh, a lot of these sectors drew lot more capital at, uh, in a bunch, and then a lot of them had problems, and uh, a lot of them have become NPS and landed up in IBC and so on. But I think one of the issues which Mr. Parekh seems to flick at is the fact that now you know in the context of an IBC, a much Hopefully, if the IDC's issues are resolved and, you know, there's greater, uh, better resolution of stress and so on. Uh, And there is need for funding the infrastructure segment. Whether these two entities have the expertise, at this moment, I don't see them having necessarily the expertise to lend to infrastructure projects and it is a risky proposition. So, like, you know, I said earlier, your question is absolutely germane. I don't know how they're going to do it. But... If they have a large volume of funds and they have, uh, they see opportunities, very specific opportunities with very good entrepreneurs and very good, uh, say, government projects and so on, where well, government projects are relatively safer. So, and if you can ensure that, uh, you know, your, the, uh, prudential norms and risk, uh, profiles are well mapped, and question is again, yeah, how will you match your ALM asset liability? Because uh these are all longest station projects you'll need to lend for thirty forty years minimum unlike uh you know retail loans or housing loans. Housing loans, yes, have slightly similar to infrastructure loan uh the tenors, but there again, uh from a profile of uh you know the way uh you need to uh balloon infrastructure loans also need ballooning housing of course they have built ballooning structures but I really don't know how they will...
0: I'm sorry, what do you mean by ballooning such as, Suresh? I'm not familiar with believe
1: Yeah, ballooning is basically where you initially give the, you know, the loan repayment becomes uh, loaded more towards the tail. So initially, the loan repayment is not as high as... So it's over a period of the lifespan of this thing that the loan uh, repayment sort of goes up a little more. So the idea is to ensure that because initially, project uh, the gestation when it's long. So, supposing I'm building a toll road or something, my ability to uh, repay will initially be a little. I'll be a little tighter than when it as it goes on. So, once your health uh, of the financial listing of the project improves automatically, your ability to repay will become better. So, even in your home loans, they do give these ballooning structures, no? so where you don't immediately have to repay uh, a larger volume, and over time.
0: So, initially, you just repay the interest, not the principal. Yeah.
1: So, something like that. Basically, they give you uh, slack in how you repay the
0: loan. Right. So, we are running out of time. So, one final question before we wind up. Uh, So, how do you see the impact of this deal in the markets that two companies have traditionally uh, operated in and maybe even uh, dominated to some extent, the retail uh, banking market and the home loan market? Is there? Is this merger, for instance, part of an emerging trend towards consolidation, uh, as it were, in these two sectors?
1: Uh, it's hard to see it as a trend because there isn't really anyone else who's, uh, I mean, most of the major competitors, like I said, LIC Housing Finance is part of LIC, which is a life insurer, uh, which also has IDBI bank inside it uh, because they acquired IDBI bank. Yeah, ICICI already has the home loan part of it as part of the bank. SBI also has home loans as part of the bank. So, it's not as if there are too many uh entities which are right now there separately standing as a home finance entity and separately here as a bank for them to do this merger.
0: But uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it's possible that we might see more NDFCs seeking to merge with banks. There is already also talk of a number of banks coming down. So in some ways, HDFCs, you know, merger with HDFC Limited is, Uh, sort of a precursor to what is going to happen in the state-run bank scenario where the government has said that they're going to reduce the number of state-run banks, right? So, there is already talk of creating far fewer uh, PSU banks. In that context, this is a fairly quick move, Uh, you know, interest rates are still low at this point in time. So, you know, let's quickly merge and fortify our structures before uh, changes happen overall in the environment.
0: Right. Thank you so much, Surish. I think uh, this is uh, something uh, that is going to be really uh, tracked by everyone in the months to come because it's an ongoing thing. They have to clear uh, uh, through many uh, hurdles and regulatory hoops before it becomes a reality, and uh, we shall probably revisit it at some point in the future. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your thoughts and insights. Pleasure talking.
1: Yeah, this will be a watch this space kind of merger because it's interesting. Listening. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.